This week on Nintendo Main, we go back 20 years to ride the dolphin. And we whop a stompa through a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to Nintendo Main, episode 33. We are your hosts, Trey Johnson. And it's me, Jeremy Mikowski. Hey, how's it going, man? Episode 33. Getting We're up third there. of the way there, man. It's 11 times 3, it's 33. And 100 it's going to be. I'm really looking forward to it. We're almost there. Yeah, we should do that one in person or something. Not over Skype. It'll probably maybe, be maybe. next summer or something. Maybe by that time when we're all like rich and famous, we can like, you know, rent some room or something and have people. I'm kidding. That's episode one hundred. <laughs> I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll get there yet. Or episode one hundred. I don't know. That's a long time from here. We're not in this for rich and fame. We just we just do this for the fun of it and to bring you our great tastes in video games, sir. Well, no, you actually told me you were going to pay me. I just hadn't seen anything. <laughs> well, you know, a zero divided by two is still zero. Yeah. Actually, I think we're on the negative. Anyway, yeah, but it's what, do, what have you been playing this week? Since, I've kind of since buckled Pokemon. down. I've been playing through Mario RPG a lot more. I'm hooked back into it again. I was still alternating. I, I, I got to the second star in Super Mario RPG, and then I was on the second star part on Paper Mario. So I was doing that. And I've been playing Dragon Quest three more, because I'm trying to get through that. Or Dragon Warrior three on Game Boy Color. I just got the ship, so that's cool. It like pretty much opens most of the game up, so now I can pretty much go wherever I want. So that's pretty rad. But aside from that, I guess it's just been Pokemon Go a little bit. I mean, are you still yeah. are you still playing that? Oh yeah, I play that when I, whenever I'm able, and I've been playing some 64 games. Do you have any gyms, or have you beaten any gyms? Nope, I haven't beaten any gyms. I still... All the gyms I've gone to, I've been comically underpowered. Before. Yeah, that seems to be the case. I went to some party the other day, and I was driven there. I was driven there by a friend. But I was doing Pokemon Go the whole way there, and I lost like 30% of the battery of my phone in like five minutes <laughs> from oh, playing wow. that game. It was insane, yeah. So that game really eats your battery. At least mine it does. It's crazy. Yeah, it's not. I don't know, though, because maybe since there's more stuff happening in Chicago, you know, it's more activity. But it, I haven't noticed any huge extra drain on my battery. But I guess I, mean, I don't keep it open all the time. I turn it I, mean, I mean, I must have I mean, I visited like maybe 15 Pokestops on the way there, at least. You have to be quick about it. Yeah, we were, you know, play. there was traffic, so it was pretty easy to get to places. I probably got about 10 on the way home from work today. I took an Uber home, and he drove through campus. Part <laughs> of me wonders if he did it on purpose, because he was being a nice guy. You were like, hey, uh, can you drive me to get some Pokemon over there? But at the stoplights on campus, there's all kinds of stops. I was going nuts. But no new Pokemon today. Sad. But I got an Onyx yesterday, and that was pretty exciting. You got the Rockworm? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I got a, my egg, my 10-kilometer egg hatched, and it was a Magmar. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, I haven't seen a Magmar anywhere. And so it's it, pretty I, cool, but he's just not as powerful as, like, I caught this Hypno that's just super powerful compared to everything else. I haven't found another one like that since. On the subject of Pokemon Go, I was listening to our episode from last week, but you were right uh, that water-type Pokemon are, like, in the water. Like, I, like, crossed a, went over a bridge somewhere in Chicago that had water in it, and I found the fucking, the Magikarp again. So I must have, must have yeah. gotten that one from the lake while I was there. I guess that's an actual thing, is, like, bodies of water have water types. Same with the grass, so, uh, like, a park, something that's registered as a park in Google Maps will be tall grass. Yeah. Or Pokemon at a park, that's why. How do you find fire type? Do you have to, like, go to the fire department or go to a volcano somewhere? You just somewhere? have to start a bonfire <laughs> in your yard, make sure it's burning when uh, the Google Maps vehicle comes by to... 
then you yeah for whenever they take a picture of the street. It's either that or head over to Vesuvius or like Hawaii. Are there volcanoes there? Yeah, it's pretty much made out of volcanoes. Yeah, just just go to that. You'll you'll find you'll find magmars. That's how you find them. Volcanoes. Or you can hatch an egg like I did. And yes, I walked ten kilometers. It was, it was for real. Yeah, my I, I feel like my egg is still not really tracking me, or it's not. I'm having a hard time with it. I think I'm only at like point zero two still out of like two kilometers but i don't have so, the app on at all times so and even when it's on in the background it doesn't seem to be working it's still kind of glitchy it's definitely got a sort of thing like if you remember in, in me tomo when uh you would level up and stuff sometimes it would still be delayed at letting you know you leveled up it's kind of like that in go also so oh sure I'm, yeah the game at the beginning of the day and then it tells me i've leveled up in the day which i'm at level i'm almost at level 11 so i'm still grinding away it's it's slower now that because it you know how rpgs are you have to get more points to get to higher levels sure. there's more between levels yeah so i'm almost to 11 oh wow i have started I'm... to run into some different pokemon that are a little stronger and i did start to get different items at the pokestops yeah I'm, I'm still like level seven so i haven't i haven't i feel like i've hardly done anything and i still have yet to just walk around with with the app and look for stuff i mostly just do it whenever i'm in whatever area i don't do it while i drive obviously but i like when i stop and i'm in a neighborhood i'll look look around sometimes i was on campus yesterday we went to a restaurant on campus for lunch and yeah there was it was there were people everywhere it was insane i hear that story from everybody this is the first time i really experienced it where i was like sitting inside the restaurant looking outside and just seeing people walk by and see it on their phone there are people standing yeah. across the street there's like kind of a drainage ditch they're doing some construction on it but like there must be a bunch of pokemon showing up there because a lot of people like stand by the fence like next to this ditch <laughs> It looked kind of like, at first I was like, why is everyone taking a picture of that cautions of the ditch? And then I realized they're probably catching water time. For sure. And they someone had a lure up like at the restaurant next door, so I got a bunch of stuff which I was eating. I think that's when I got my Onyx. Nice. I was sitting at a Mediterranean restaurant. They serve fried rockworm there? Yeah. It's a little crunchy, but it's, it's good. Careful, it'll knock your teeth out. I wouldn't want to chew on an Onyx. What we forgot to mention last week about Pokemon Go is apparently people wanted to make a Pokemon Go movie, which I think is hilarious. I mean, there's already like six anime Pokemon movies, but I guess that's different. Uh, somebody was trying to find the rights to it to do a Pokemon Go movie with live action people, and apparently Legendary has landed it, and they're going to do a Detective Pikachu movie, which is not Pokemon Go at all. But maybe they're going to get to that later. But yeah. it's going to start filming next next year in 2017. So that'll be interesting. There's still, a, the, I guess, there's still that petition for uh, to have Danny DeVito be the voice of Pikachu. So I'd like to see that. I don't know if you watched any of those videos yet, but you should if you haven't. They're, they're pretty amazing. I mean, think about it. You know, a lot of times things from the past get turned into movies. Like, you know, there's a couple of Flintstones movies, and then they make, like, you know what I mean? Like, they finally made live-action Transformers movies, like, 20 years after it was popular. Like, Pokemon just stayed popular, but it's been around for 20 years. So, yeah. live-action movie is, like, not that far-fetched. I guess, you know, Pokemon joke aside, I don't know. It's not that surprising to me. I mean, if they were making, if they were literally making a Pokemon Go movie, that would be shocking. Well, that seems to be the case. I mean, that's what they're planning on doing. I mean, they made, they made a Battleship movie and an Angry Birds movie. You know, they made a lot of dumb, like, game movies. I'm still waiting for the Hungry Hungry Hippos movie. That's an Oscar winner right there if they get to that. Or, like, Trouble, the movie. I don't know. <laughs> Popomatic Trouble. I mean, they made Clue. There's a Clue movie from the 80s. You know, I mean, they, they already did that. You know? I mean, they made movies out of rides, like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies were all based on that. The, you know that one ride disney world and like tomorrowland and uh haunted mansion were too but they didn't they didn't work as well so 
It's not that surprising. I just think it's funny that, that Orange, now Orange is the New Black was based off of one book that Alini and her blogs. Yeah, but I mean, that's a book. It seems a little more normal as a movie. I don't know, taking movies from board games, I think, is pretty insane. But, you know, you can make a movie out of everything. I still want to see the Tetris movie, which apparently is a trilogy now, so... <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what kind of story they got there. Hopefully, it involves like giant blocks just falling from the sky for no reason. We have to run from them. I was talking with Jess about the Tetris movie, and I was like, "What they need to do is they need to do like Marvel and make like a bunch of single movies. Like we make one about the square, and then the next one's about like the long <laughs> one, and then the other one's like the L, and we do like five or six different movies like that, and then we do one called Tetris, and that's like the Avengers. And they all come I feel together. like the long one needs to be <laughs> the, the, the long one needs to be the last movie because everyone's going to be one. talking about them. Like, you know, he's so rare or whatever. Like, I know an actual Tetris shows up the same amount as everyone else. We so have he's to, already so they can actually do the Tetris. But yeah, like, that's an important thing, him showing up so they can make the Tetris. But what are they, what's going to happen? Are all the blocks be getting killed? <laughs> like, yeah, they, they all, <laughs> they all come together and just disappear. And that's the end. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I hope the movie, I hope it fits together. Maybe they could do it the DC way where they start with Tetris and then spin off and into separate movies about the, about each block and its own adventure. I think Tenjin Tetris should be like an indie side. As long as the movie ends with like a ship taking off or like a Russian people playing, playing instruments, like the old games is what I'd like to see. I remember watching my dad get all of those. All the he weird did. little cutscenes that they have in there. Yeah, he got the space shuttle and he got the, uh, the Type B, which is where you got like the whole orchestra playing type B. The one where you had to get 25 lines and it got progressively faster and there's more jump on the screen. Yeah, I would do that on the Game Boy version where it's like, it, it's up a certain height and if you get the line all the way down, do you like beat it? Yeah. You know, a finger quote. Those are, those are pretty fun. So I've done that a couple times where like you beat it and then the rocket takes off and then they dance and play the music and all that. And that's like what I consider beating Tetris. And it's hard to do. I mean, The I've rocket was type A and then the uh, orchestra was type oh. no, On the Game Boy one, the rocket was from type B. Uh-huh. It's the one where you have stuff that's already there okay i know that for sure because the other one just doesn't end there's no ending to it you just play forever until yeah. you die well, that's but the other one... on the NES as well but I, I played it more on the nes the game that's where that's where we're differing yeah see I, I played i played the game boy one more than anything else the black the old black and white one and that's where i was able to find the rocket ship taking off it's like the hardest version of type b if you beat that you get the rocket ship and i think they play two after the rocket takes off but I know for sure the the rocket's in there. But anyway, <laughs> this, is a, this isn't our Tetris episode. Even though we will t- talk about Tetris in a minute once we get to that other piece of news that we missed last week. But let me get through these other ones first. Tokyo Mirage Sessions got a, sold 50,000 units, over 50,000 units here, which apparently is higher than Japan. So I guess yeah. you, you could s- consider that a success. I mean, that's cool. Oh. I know, like, I think Nintendo said, like, as long as they sold, like, 100,000 of something, they thought it was fine. But 50,000 is pretty good for a, na- for a game that's, like, super niche like that. I think it works. I think that's a good number. Animal Crossing is getting an update, finally, after four years after the release. I know, that's unreal. Yeah, with the, I guess, Amiibo support. Apparently, you can you can scan Amiibos and they'll move into your town, is what I read, which is pretty awesome. So, like, I guess if you scan, like, the villager, he'll, like, come to your town. And if you scan the Callie and Mari Amiibo, they, there's squirrel that show up that look like them that, that move into your town and there's i guess there's a, a splatoon furniture set or something like that in there i'm wondering like what how how it works with the animal crossing ones if i scan Cap'n, will he like show up more i mean he's already in the game but i mean i have Cap'n and mr rossetti as as a animal crossing amiibo it'll be interesting to see it's just it's just so funny that it's just they're updating it now i guess i mean why not <laughs> I'm sure people are still playing it. I mean, I I see this more like we could still receive updates to games that have been out for years now, like not just Animal Crossing. That's just one example. Oh yeah, sure. Are they, they going <laughs> to add like, Amiibo to Mario Kart Eight? They did. Well, they did add more. 
Like for for that DLC. Yeah, but there's added, no added more costumes. Well, there's the costumes. Oh, you're right. Never mind. Yeah, you you're get right. the costumes from the from the amiibo that you scan them. My favorite costume is still the Pac-Man costume, and the Kirby one's pretty cool too, where it's like Kirby's head is on the back of your helmet. What about if they added more levels to 3D World amiibo? That'd be sweet. Yeah, that'd be cool too. They already do like the costumes, but adding more levels would be fun. I mean, I think they're still turning out stuff for that. I actually haven't. Oh, oh, you're talking about 3D World. I thought you were talking about Mario Maker. No, 3D World. Yeah. Yeah, the, as far as I know, there's no Amiibo support for 3D World, but that would be really cool if they added that on there, like now, even though after way after it's been released. It'd be cool to have some updates for that. Or Nintendo Land. Like, there's a game they could breathe some new life into, because oh. it's a great game, but it's underplayed. <laughs> I was, was going to say, nobody plays Nintendo Land. <laughs> they don't need to go back to that. But maybe they need to make I guess, you maybe. play this now. <laughs> there's Amiibo in it. They should. They should just start putting them in all and everything. Might as well. Nobody's really buying them anymore. Or at least in I'm the future, not. nobody will ever know that they weren't there in the first place. You're gonna, there's going to be Amiibo support in the original Super Mario Brothers. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> I guess you could do it through Virtual Console. Exactly. Or a peripheral you'd buy for the NES that plug into the expansion port on the bottom. Disc thing supposed to. Yeah, you could scan it on that GeForce thing that I had that never worked <laughs> for NES. <laughs> the one that's like just a big, like flat. It's just, it's just like a thing you open it. It's like a screen thing that doesn't work. Sensor, sensor, whatever. Work. You could just put Amiibo on there, and all of a sudden it works, and you can play Top Gun. Maybe. That's what it's for. Apparently, Aonuma got interviewed about something. He talked about that he wanted to make a game based on living as a thief. I saw the the quote paraphrased was like, they asked me to make more Zelda stuff, and they asked me to make new IPs. I was thinking about making a game about living as a thief, but that's all I could say. Maybe he's working on some new stuff. That would be cool. I'd like to see new IPs, especially from him. That's all he really does is Zelda. A game where you're a thief, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, something that's been in a lot of different games, but... I mean, Link's kind of a thief, I guess. He sort of resembles like what you'd see in like a Final Fantasy thief, I guess. That's what I think. What game is that? Oh, that's a Link's Awakening where you can steal stuff from shops. Yeah. So you're gonna be a thief in that if you want to be. Yeah, totally. Something that uh, got announced like right after we stopped recording last week. We must have had like the podcast curse, but yeah, like what was it? Like four or five in the morning, something like that. Uh-huh. Nintendo uh-huh. announced the NES Classic or the Nintendo Entertainment System NES Classic, I think is what it's called. The uh-huh. uh, basically an NES looks like the NES. It's like the size of your hand. Has thirty games on it. Sixty dollars comes out November eleventh. Most importantly, HDMI out, which I thought was pretty awesome. And we weirdly- HDMI cable. Yeah, and it comes with HDMI cable and a, and a plug. But weirdly enough, corded controllers. Yeah. That's weird. How, what do you think is the distance on that? Are they going to have like 20-foot <laughs> cables? I mean, so, yeah, they, so on strange. The, on the picture, you don't really... It's a mock-up or whatever for the promotion, but uh, the cord doesn't seem very long. Yeah, it doesn't look long at all. I'm wondering about that. I, I wonder if like... Especially if you're going to be plugging it into your Wii controller, I don't see it. But the Wii controller doesn't work with the NES Classic. Well, no, I know that, but they're saying like you can use it with yeah, you can use it on the Wii U because it uses the same plug as the Classic controller. And they said you can use any of those controllers on there, like yeah. the Classic or the Classic Pro or whatever. You can plug that in. But I don't know. I'm wondering if like a, a lot of those extension cords, because you can buy extension cords for that. I wonder if people bought those. You can buy them on like Amazon, you know, for that, for the Classic controller plugs or whatever. Yeah, that is an interesting question, though, because it's it includes an HDMI cord. So unless it's a crazy long HDMI cord, then yeah, you're, you're going to need long controllers to plug it into your HDTV. Yeah. You're going to need long cords. Are they going super old school, like like this is like competition version here, <laughs> you know, because you have the corded cables, like no lag and all that. And especially Maybe they no- want us to sit like cross-legged in front of our TVs. Maybe. That's, That's what I when I played Mystic Quest. I think their stock went up for that, too. But I mean, I... Yeah. 
I think they're going to sell a million of those. I mean, people. I, I'm sure a lot of people who haven't played Nintendo for years will buy that just to play the old games. Uh, well, I'm, I've been I'm, trying to find a place to pre-order it, and supposedly there was a pre-order open on Amazon, but by the time I checked it out, I could do it. Was it sold out, or is it just not there? Well, it said that it wasn't available, so I don't, I'm not really sure what that means. Someone posted on a subreddit that I go to, are we you, actually, it's pretty easy to find, that it was available for pre-order, but I guess I don't know for sure that it was Amazon USA. I don't know. Who knows? But I want the fucking thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally going to get it. I mean, $60, that's <laughs> I don't the price. It. I that, want it. I mean, that's the price of a new game, $60, 30, 30 games on there. Some of the games are like kind of throwaway games, but it's it's a weird list. I mean, we both put a thing up on Facebook asking people like what games, what is like one game you would add to the list that wasn't on the list. And we'll get into that in a minute, but do you want to read through the list real quick of what's on there? Text. Yeah. Sure, yeah. How about I read 10, you read 10, I read 5, you read 5. <laughs> okay. You want to do that way? You start off the list. What is your excitement for, I guess we could say, whether you're in or out or whatever? I don't know. Let, let's just read through them and we'll talk about them. All right. Uh, we got Balloon Fight, Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest. Yeah. Double Dragon, The Revenge. Is that two? Yep. Double Final Dragon Fantasy, two. the original Final Fantasy. That's that was, that was one I didn't expect. Gradius. <laughs> yeah. Kirby's Adventure, Metroid. Yeah. These are all really good games. So Punch Out featuring Mr. Green. Of course. Super Mario Brothers and Tech Mobile. Yep. There's uh, most of those. I mean, Gradius, we talked about that last we talked about that last episode a little bit. I mentioned I mentioned Gradius. That's a game that I used to play when I was a kid. I liked that game. I wouldn't mind getting back to it again. I had a song on the WART Radio Lost in Space episode, which you should listen to if you haven't listened to it yet. Final Fantasy 1, that one like, kind of came out of nowhere. Double Dragon 2, I didn't expect that either. That's a super fun co-op game. I used to play the crap out of that when I was a kid. I saw this article on Facebook. So the morning after we recorded the last podcast, we were up pretty late. So I went to bed, got up about 10 or 10.30, and there it was. saw this posted multiple times yeah. on Facebook. By different people. Alright, that's fake. And then behold. It was from I mean it was from Nintendo's Twitter, so that's what I was when I was like, oh, and it was actually it was actually Final Fantasy that made me think it was fake. Oh yeah. No, I mean that's not weird. I mean I don't know. Final Fantasy One, I believe, was I believe was produced by Nintendo. Okay. And I and Dragon Warrior One was was produced by Nintendo too. Which that's one that <laughs> should be on there but isn't on there, which we're getting we're getting <laughs> getting too early. But second ten on here. Bubble Bobble, Donkey Kong. Great game, great music. Dr. Mario, Galaga, Ice Climber, Mario Brothers. Two games that have, like, the worst control ever are on there. <laughs> uh, Ninja Gaiden, Star Tropics, amazing. I'm glad that's on there. That's really fucking cool. Yeah. Super Mario Brothers 2, Legend of Zelda. Some solid games, I mean. Solid you games. Think... I mean, like, Ice Climber and Mario Brothers and Donkey Kong, you know, it's not like... I mean, Donkey Kong's not the best version of that. They're miss... It's missing a level, the NES version is. And Ice Climber and Mario Brothers just don't control well at all. Like, I, I consider them to be unplayable. But if you want to... If you want to know where like the ice bro- where the where the, the ice climber brothers came from from Smash Brothers, you can play that. But I don't think either of those are good games necessarily. But you know why not? I guess they could be replaced by other things. I think, but they're going to put them on there anyway. I think it's pretty sweet that uh, that Bubble Bobble's on there. I, I love Bubble Bobble. That's a very nostalgic game for me. I played a lot. Of- yeah, I remember renting that. I uh, rented. I, and I played it by myself, <laughs> and then I remember you could go to like whatever level, and there's like 300 levels in there or something like that. At least I believe it was the first NES game I played. Yeah, and it basically only has like one song like through the whole game <laughs> that That's you play is the yeah so i'd be itching to, to try that again okay i'll do some uh some multiplayer on it so well, the next wanna... five games so these are I, I was really curious they're just kind of 
units scattered around. So like the original Castlevania, Donkey Kong Jr., Excitebike, Ghosts and Goblins, Kid Icarus. Yeah. Ghosts and Goblins uh, was one I didn't expect, but cool, you know? Hard yeah, it's a countdown fucking, game, right? Fucking hard-ass game, but cool. I think so, right? Yeah. Excitebike, not a big surprise. Donkey Kong Jr., not a big surprise. Yeah. Castlevania, that's a Konami game. Yeah. Well, Cas- I wish Castlevania 3 was on there. It's a shame that that one didn't make so it. Because that, that's a really cool game. I like 3 a lot. But 1 and 2, that's cool. 2 is like the beginning of all of the Metvania and all that stuff. Yeah. So, you got there. Pro- well, Proto-Metroidvania. Well, Metroid 2, you know, it's also Metvania. Okay. But <laughs> after that, Mega Man 2 only, no Mega Man 3. That's kind of a shame. There's no 3. I, I kind of like 3 better than 2. Uh, Pac-Man, Super C, no Contra 1. Weird. Super Mario 3, Zelda 2, Adventures of Link. Super Mario so we 3. all the NES Marios and all the NES Zeldas. I think that's pretty badass. Yeah, all the Marios, all the Zeldas. That's worth 60 bucks by itself. There's a lot of stuff on there where it's like, there's games that I'll play on there. Like, I'll play Final Fantasy 1. I'll play Kirby's Adventure. I'll, I'll play Castlevania 1 and 2, Ghosts and Goblins. Star Tropics. We did an episode about that game. The game's awesome. You know, it's pretty great. It's on here. So there's... I'm just excited. Two, two RPGs. There's one puzzle game. Well, I guess, you know, you could consider Dunk. What's the one puzzle game? Dr. Mario? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought there, I thought there was another one, but I guess not. Nope, that's the only straight-up puzzle game. I'm excited about actually playing, you know, playing like it on official, like, HDMI mode, you know. Because I guess I think the Wii U Virtual Console is not an exact HDMI out for it. Like there's still a bit of a delay, scaled up or whatever. So that should look straight HDMI out from the NES thing. I'm excited about. I, I don't have to spend like a hundred plus dollars anymore to get that HD NES that I was looking at from that video game show I went to. But yeah, I feel like they're gonna sell a lot of them. It's a weird step. It wasn't something I expected from them. But first thing I thought of when I saw it was like, please let them make a Super Nintendo one. Yeah. Like I would be first in line for that. I mean, I'm going to get this anyway, but I would love to see a the Super Nintendo one with 30 games in it in HD. I would pay like over $100 to buy a Super Nintendo that had HDMI out. Nobody's, made, be, nobody's made one yet, as far as I know, but I would buy one if they had one. I would be stoked to have Virtual Console SNES controller. Yeah. This is my favorite controller. You know, it's such a wonderful controller. Well, the, the classic controller is pretty much a Super Nintendo controller. Yeah. It just but has like the somewhat analog buttons on it. Right. The first one does. But I know what you're saying. I like I like that style controller though. I like like the NES, the Super Nintendo with the two sticks on the bottom. I always thought that was like one of the best design controllers. It was the original classic controller from Wii. So anyway, uh, we put a so we put a thing on Facebook. Let's read off some of those. We got some uh, responses on. We have quite a few responses. What one game is missing? Try to keep track of it because I put it on two different things. I put it on Nintendo Voice Chat podcast forums and on my own personal site. So I'll try to try to make sure I can get get everybody's one. Uh, do you want to just alternate? I'll go. I mentioned one first. Friend of the show, Rick. He put down uh, Dragon Warrior Three, which is awesome. That was what I was thinking first off. Was like I was really bummed that there wasn't a Dragon Warrior game on there, even though there were four Dragon Warriors. Uh, NX seems to be like super cool with Nintendo lately, like with all the with the re-releases on DS and 3DS of Dragon of Dragon Quest games that didn't come out here, like make, bringing them to America finally and finally trying to fix Dragon Quest Seven and all that. It's just saying it's a shame that you did that we didn't get any of those on this. I really missed. I would have loved to see Dragon Warrior One on there at least. You know, I would totally play that game again. But what did you get? Well, I will say like as an aside, the very first comment I got was from my friend George. And he said he, he said uh, I'm getting it for Final Fantasy alone. Sad that. Dragon Warrior didn't make a cut. Sad face. Yeah. He is pretty sad. And like, I agree. I agree. Like, the, even the first Dragon Warrior, you know, we talked about a couple of times now, but it was given away for free with Nintendo Power. It was definitely a Nintendo game. You know, like, they were trying to make that, like, synonymous with Nintendo by pushing it on people so hard. So sure. I'm surprised it's not on this console. But uh, I think one of the more compelling ones I got was uh, actually from my aunt, Melanie. She said, There's no Tetris. 
And she's right. There's no Tetris. What the hell? Why isn't Tetris on this thing? Yeah, that is weird that Tetris was removed from it. I don't know. Maybe there's bad blood between that that Russian guy and, and Nintendo. Even though Nintendo kind of took him, kind of took him for all he was worth. Alexei. Something. Yeah. Um, I think that it just makes sense for that to be on there because yeah, it's it's a game that got people playing Nintendo that would have never played Nintendo. It was the game that sold the Game Boy, I think. I mean, it was yeah. a huge pusher of the Game Boy because it was such a casual game. Everybody liked it and it came with the system. It was a great game to come with the system. And you could just buy it and then have Tetris with it, and that's all you need. Some people, that would be all they played on the Game Boy. They wouldn't get any more, you know? It was like so, the first version of Wii Sports, you know, because the Wii Sports sold a bunch of Wiis that came by itself. Well, like what if Tetris. the... What if they came out with a Game Boy version of this that has 30 games on it? Oh, with like man. With, like, an old-school Game Boy. Like, maybe not as big. Or maybe they want to do the brick one. I don't know. But make it, like, backlit. It'd be cool if it was a Game Boy Color one, I guess. But I don't know. What would you do if you did do that? Would it be, like, all what the... Like the Game Boy Light, the one that was only in Japan, that would be badass. Oh, okay. Well, there's the Game Boy Pocket. They could make it like so it's that. Still, like I, well, had, I, mean, I had one of those. But I, but I wanted to be backlit. So that's what the Game Boy Light was. The Game Boy well, yeah, Pocket if, if, they, if they make one, it should be backlit, but... But would it? But should it have like thirty just straight up Game Boy games, or like thirty you know, black uh, cartridge, uh, or thirty Game Boy Color? I'd like to see one that was know. just they like all. They could make a bunch of money releasing lots of versions. Yeah, people I'd... are going to like all of them. I'm one of them. Yeah, I'd like to see them go to just run with this and just do this for multiple things. If they released like if they released a handheld Game Boy, even it was only had like thirty original Game Boy games on it, I think that would sell like hotcakes. Like people would totally buy that. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd buy it. That'd be awesome. Put Pokemon on there and give it some kind of wireless action. Oh yeah, they put Pokemon there for sure. Yeah. So I, I will say, I mean, I got to be honest. When I first saw this, I was a little sore just because they just keep repackaging their games and selling them different ways. And I'm like, do I really have to buy all these games again? Yeah. But I've since, <laughs> I've since come around and realized I really want this thing. It's like you said, it's the price of a new game. I dropped that on Xenoblade. Yeah. So like, and I've dropped that on a few other games too. Mario Party. A lot of games I've paid full price. So like, sixty bucks to have an actual physical thing that serves a purpose and isn't just a game. I mean, it is. It's thirty games, but you know, it's also like a decorative thing. Like it looks cool, and it could totally just have its own. Like, I mean, think about the homebrew projects. It'd be really easy to build like an arcade cabinet. Sure. It's all in there for you. You just have to like put the shell in. Yeah, the big thing for me was the true HDMI out. Like I was like super happy about that because there is no way to do that right now for the NES. Like I said, unless you buy that other HD NES. But if you think about it, sixty dollars for thirty games—that's like two dollars a game. That's cheaper than what they're at right now on the virtual console since they're selling yeah. for like five. So it's not a bad thing at all, and it's super portable. You know, you could easily just take it wherever and play it. You know, bring Mario three around. It's just nice. Yeah, it's cool. So yeah, I would say like if you're looking at it straight like value wise, and it's five bucks a game on virtual console. So think about it. If there's twelve games on here that you like that you would play, that's a no brainer because yeah. you get controller, you get the unit. It's its own thing, so you can like have it plugged into a different tv you could have it in like you know maybe you have a tv in your bedroom just throw it on that screen or whatever but yeah there's definitely at least 12 games on here i would so let me read another game on here michael bergman wrote down from nintendo voice chat forums i'm just gonna go back and forth from one to the other he put down rolling thunder have you played that on nes i'm not even really sure what that is am i gonna get hate mail now or is is that not actually an nes game because you don't know what rolling thunder is yeah (laughs) i mean i think it's a garth brooks song right that's a thunder rolls Oh, okay. <laughs> You're close. Yeah, I haven't played it. Probably weird. Here, is it a motorcycle game? <laughs> let me look it up real quick. It certainly Roll- sounds like 
motorcycle. Rolling Thunder is a side-scrolling action game produced by Namco, originally released as a coin-operated arcade game, which ran on the Namco System 86 hardware. Okay. It was dis- distributed internationally outside of Japan by Atari Games. Side-scrolling shooter? Yeah. Weird it's thing. like a side-scrolling arcade game. It's legit. Yeah. I did not play it, but maybe I should. Maybe I should check and it out. And it's Tengen. Is it? Gotta love Tengen. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'm nice. looking at it now. It looks like there's actually... Yeah. It's a Tengen game, so you get that sweet, black, unlicensed cartridge. Yeah. All right, well, uh, my friend Chris, he also, you know, he said he's second Dragon Warrior, but he added Wizards and Warriors, which I have never played Wizards and Warriors, but I looked it up. It's got a pretty strong fan following, actually. I it's played a square it. game. I played it on on that Dreamcast disc that we had with all the NES games on it. Yeah. I remember playing it on there, but I didn't think it was a very good game. <laughs> but, I, but I did play it on there. I remember that. I played around with it a little bit. Yeah, Chris really likes that game, and he's like, I thought it was funny, he's like, you know, he says, Wizards and Warriors has awesome music. Also, the sequel had Fabio. He had a guy who looked like him if it wasn't him. I mean, there was a total, like, you know, muscular, long hair warrior looking dude on there i do remember that it might have been fabio i don't know i hope it was fabio yeah it probably was megan hatcher old friend way back when she put down paperboy that'd be an interesting game I guess. I never really got into Paperboy, but a lot of people really like Paperboy. Yeah, I actually saw her uh, she posted, she said, she said yeah, this, wasn't It's pretty cool. There was people that I haven't like talked to in a very long time that posted on this when I put it up yeah. there, so that was interesting. There's people that I didn't even know, like, even looked at my shit that, like, that I'm friends with that put stuff up, so that's always nice to know. Now, if only they would just listen to the podcast, or download the podcast. Download and rate us, please. We need it. Yeah, my mom was one of the uh, one of the first people to get a hold of me about the NES Classic Edition. Oh really? She she knew about it. Yeah. Maybe I should get her one of them if I can get if I'm able to get more than one, or if I'm able able to get one. I just pulled up the Wikipedia page for Wizards and Warriors Two, and it is in fact it is Fabio. Fabio. Yep. Well, uh, I didn't. I didn't say that it wasn't. I just said that it definitely could be. Well, I just wanted to check. Like him. Yeah. <laughs> really be speculating something that important. Sure. So I think that's an interesting point that Chris brings up. Thanks, Chris. I'm. I'm glad I know now that Fabio was on NES. Now we are enlightened, knowing knowing that Fabio <laughs> was on there. And I actually just watched a video with Fabio in it recently, where Tom Green goes to Fabio's house, and it's pretty. I bet it is. It's like a cribs, but of course Tom Green just being super weird, trying to get Fabio to take a shirt off the whole time. Weird. <laughs> It's pretty late. What else do you got on your list of comments? Well, I had a few people express interest. Someone mentioned Duck Hunt, and then I, a couple of people liked it. The, well, Duck Hunt is available for Wii U, but it uses the pointer. Yep, yeah, I thought I should bring that up in the episode in case they're yeah. listening. We would love for Duck Hunt to be on the classic NES, but not only would it require a different controller, so they'd have to make a gun. It would have to emulate the Wii version, and then somehow you'd have to have a sensor bar. It doesn't work with HDMI TVs. The way it works is that... There's actually a camera inside of the gun, like a really, you know, archaic camera that picks up on little squares that flash on the screen. And you can only see that through 2D. Oh, yeah. It just, sure. it just doesn't work when you try to, to run it through a digital signal. So, unfortunately, Duck Hunt, we probably aren't going to see Duck Hunt. As it, who knows? You know, maybe eventually Nintendo's going to go crazy with this and they'll have individual games come out that you can buy. Plug straight. Well, as of right now, it's not it's not expandable, so which sucks. And there's no internet for it, so you can't download anything. Can't open the door of it, and it's too small to put cartridges in there. Like I was kind of bummed about that that there's no way to add more stuff to it. But you never know. There might be maybe next year there'll be like you know NES Classic Part Two or whatever that has a bunch of other shit on it that has like Tetris, Dragon Warrior, and whatever. Maybe this is. 
it's the two. I mean, because it. I mean, you remember like how great the Virtual Console was for the Wii, like because the Wii was like so popular. Oh yeah, they, we they, like they put like so, they put like so many games on there. Like I love that Virtual Console so much. That was like one of my favorite things about the Wii. And then when the Wii U came around, it pretty much disappeared, which sucks. But just think about it. If this became like super popular, that could be the future. There could be like some really obscure NES games that come out of nowhere, like Little Samson or something like that could be on there. Which mm-hmm. is my vote for what for what game is not on there. Which was not actually mentioned in the comments, but that's what should be on there that isn't on there. Never know. Let's see. What else do I got? From the Nintendo Voice Chat Forum, somebody put down, Ryan Walker put down Blaster Master. It's a game that people like. See that on there? Yeah, or, like or we, we put Battle Towards or Blaster Master. He put two games down. Battle Toads is like rare, so that's kind of a little iffy. And, and Battle Toads is already on Xbox, right? I think it was on Rare Replay. Yeah, so it is. Kind of, uh, it's kind of a different, you know, different thing. But Yeah, my friend Chris also mentioned Battle Toads. My theory was that, you know, those kind of two-player games are great for selling the extra controllers that they're offering. So something like Battletoads would have been smart if they were able to secure it. There, I mean, sure. and you, of course you know about the running joke, you know, the, the old-school internet troll of asking if people have Battletoads. No. Oh, so it was like, you know what, a, I think Anonymous started, but uh, you would call GameStop and you would just ask if they have Battletoads. That was it. But they were like, let's have, you know, all of you do that. Every single one of you call GameStop. <laughs> so that, that was a thing for a couple of years there where like if you worked at GameStop you were going to get sometimes dozens of calls a day asking if you had battles. I never heard of that. <laughs> meme knowledge for you. Or I don't know if that's meme knowledge. It's kind of like you know the DDoS whatever the attacks that happen on websites where they just have a bunch of people visited at once or they have like piece of software represent too many people visiting the website at once. It's kind of like what this was only in the physical version. Tying up GameStop's phone lines by asking stupid questions. Oh yeah that happens I guess. But anyway Battletoads yeah. Battletoads. <laughs> yeah, I want to read Justice just because it's funny. She said, uh, I vote for Mickey Mouse Capades so a new generation of children can learn what it's like to truly hate something and themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Which that I remember that game being incredibly and fairly hard, and all I really I remember I couldn't get past the first part, and all I really did was just let the game play itself, and the demo would go through and show you like all the levels, so I just would watch it play, <laughs> you know, so I could see what was left in it because I couldn't get there. I was like, oh, there's all these other other levels. Okay, I did have one person, uh, my friend Spencer said, uh, "Skate or die too." Which after I I read that comment and then immediately the skate or die song was stuck. Couldn't get out yeah. of my head. It's a good song. Just, see, a, just seeing that comment. It's like the second track on uh, WART Radio Episode 2. Listen to it. Yeah, that song's an earworm for sure. A friend of the show, uh, Justin Howard, who was on my flashback episode that I played, where, where we went back in time 10 years and I played an old show that I used to record called Negative World, which was an internet show that was on at a certain time, so nobody listened to it. But uh, <laughs> he said he said Journey to Silius, which is, uh, which is an awesome game with an incredible soundtrack, which... Which has us, there's a song of, of that on, uh, on the WART Radio Lost in Space episode also. I was happy to see that on there. I mean, happy that he said it. It'd be cool that it, if it was on there. But yeah, that's, that's, that's a dope, dope game. Yeah. And that episode, I, I thought I should mention a couple of things he said in that episode just kind of blew my mind. One of them was, uh, Little Samson, which you mentioned earlier. He said you could find it on eBay for around $60. So just, just out of curiosity, while I was listening to the episode, I pulled up eBay and looked up Little Samson and, uh, there are like all different conditions, like really shitty ones, you know, that were going for maybe a couple hundred. But yeah, for a copy of it, like with the label intact, you're looking at at least five hundred bucks. Then like if it has like the box and everything, it's over a thousand dollars. 
years. And then that's one of those games that people get sent off to get like professionally graded that that adds like thousands and thousands of dollars in value to it. So like there were ones that were going for like five grand. Like 10 years ago, around the time that we recorded that, Justin found like three sealed NES games at like a Goodwill store or like some other, just like a junk store that he went to. And it was like Mega Man 2, Star Wars, and I forget what the third one was. But he ended up selling those, sending like Mega Man 2 for like, for like a couple hundred, I think, back in, and this was like two, 2005, 2006. Like, I wondered what he would have gotten now for it. Like, I'm sure he would have gotten a lot more than that. Oh, yeah. But Probably. like, that's, yeah. Cause it's crazy. He found it in a junk store and he bought them for like $5 each. If even that might have, might have been only been like a couple dollars. But I think the other one was like a Sesame Street game or something like that. It was some other like throwaway thing that I didn't yeah. feel, I didn't feel was necessary for me to remember. But but Mega Man Two <laughs> sealed, you know, huge find. Yeah, that's a huge find. So yeah, I just after listening to that episode, I was like, man, I wish I could, you know, it was one of those like I wish I could go back in time, like uh, like Biff with the Almanac and Back to the Future Two. I wish I could go back in time and be like, buy every copy of Little Samson on eBay. Yeah, buy them. Put them in a vault when they're sitting in the Toys R Us clearance basket. Oh, maybe I don't know if I'd go back that far. I didn't have money back then. <laughs> well, you but go back as you now and it, use yeah. your money, even though they might not take your futuristic dollars that look like play money. You know, they'd be like, "That's They're not, not gonna like money. my my special edition nickels and pennies." That all that weird money we have now, they wouldn't believe that's real. Like that's monopoly money. You show me some old twenties, some true Andrew Jacksons. How much uh, do you want to read? Some more, or, or do you want to? Do you want to move on? I Is think. Any... I, I mean, I think that I mostly listened to what people said. Uh, my friend George did mention uh, several other games because he he says he used to rent games from uh, gas stations. So, like you know, it's way back in the day when. You get games at gas stations, which I remember. There's a few of those in Danville. But uh, they're mostly games that we've talked about before, actually. A lot of his favorites. He said Gauntlet, Wizards and Warriors, Batman, Ultima, Exodus, Bayou Billy, River City Ransom. I think a lot of people mentioned that. Yeah, I saw River City Ransom was on there. Um, well, one guy from the Nintendo voice chat mentioned uh, Crystalis. Yeah, Crystalis. This is one. Another guy pretty much went through the um, the Disney games, but like DuckTales, Chippendale. Like DuckTales would be amazing if it was on there. But maybe a conflict of interest because they're still trying to sell the copies. Oh, sell the remake or whatever. But like I said, if this generates a lot of interest with other companies, they might want to license out the old ROMs and all that and make some more money off of it. I saw like a Bionic Commando, Metal Gear, Metal Storm, which is an awesome game that I actually have, yeah. which is supposedly, which is rare, but I bought one like when I was a kid. I bought it. Oh, like you have Metal Storm? Yeah, I bought it when I was a kid. I hunted down Metal Storm from a Funko Land like when I was like fucking 15 or whatever. Because Isn't I that made it, by the same company that made um, Journey to Silius? I thought Journey to Silius was uh, was uh, the same company that made Batman. Sunsoft? Yeah, maybe I think that because the music sounds similar. That's why I thought that. I thought it was also in Iron The company who made Metal Storm, because they actually did a Retronauts episode about it, and the company that did that, they only did like two other games, and there wasn't it wasn't anything I'd heard of. So it's not, Silius was definitely Sunsoft. You were right about. Yeah, yeah, Metal Storm. I actually, yeah, I went to when I first heard about Funko Land, which you know before GameStop and Babbage's and all that. I heard of it as a place that had a whole bunch of used games. So, and there was one that was like in some suburb suburb of Chicago that I drove up to on some family trip or whatever. And the first game I looked for was Metal Storm, and I bought Metal Storm from them for like I don't know five dollars, and I still have that copy. But I bought it when I was like a teenager because I played it because I rented it and I remember loving it. And I'd always like it always been in the back of my mind of something that I wanted to get. So I hunted that down for Funko Land. 
way back when. And apparently it's a rare game now, so it's pretty, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm pretty happy that I have it. I've never yeah. beaten it. I was thinking about trying to get through it. I think I've only got through maybe like the first three levels, if that, but it's, it's a cool fun. game. I did it on the emulator a little bit. I just thought it looks, gravity and I stuff. just, I just thought it looked so amazing for what it was. I mean, it looked like a Super Nintendo game almost on NES. Yeah, I think it had the parallax scrolling and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, the NES class, classic is cool for what it is. I'm really hoping yeah, for a second for one. 60 bucks, you're get you're locking yeah. in several good games and. Very excited about it. I'm hoping for an NES Definitely classic they're too. Gonna, they're, they will surely release more if it does well, which well, given their you know, current popularity, like Nintendo's picking up popularity again because of this stuff. When they made NES Remix 1 and 2 on Wii U, those were both great games. And everybody was like, when's Super Nintendo Remix going to happen? And it never did. And I'm afraid that I hope this isn't going to be the same thing, where it's like you see this NES classic and it's like, oh, I'm very excited to see Super Nintendo 1, and then they don't do a Super Nintendo 1. That would be awful. But hopefully they do. That would that That's the first thing I thought of when I saw it was like, please, please make a Super Nintendo 1. Do you think, and this excited. is a thought I had, but I haven't really seen anyone talking about it on the internet, but uh, do you think it's possible, I, I always have theories like this, that they're reusing hardware that they had like back stock of to make this device like maybe the, the ports for the controllers oh probably they, like, they always I, like the, I, the motherboard itself might be from like Wii's. maybe it's just oh yeah i mentioned i mentioned that before where they where they built where they made the balance boards out of uh, out of old analog sticks so that's uh, <laughs> that's something they do they recycle everything so yeah it could it very much could be whatever maybe it's we use <laughs> it's broken down we use they they re- rebuilt into into nes classics but no, I, yeah, I would say definitely. I'm sure they were. Or even good. just like backstock parts they had expecting to be repairing Wii U's because they were going to sell. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they could sure. still, the backstock could just be elements that they used. I still think they it's may- an interesting thought. Like, does it just have like a Wii circuit board inside and they just disabled like all the stuff that made it cool? <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. One thing we forgot about the NES Classic is that it has a uh, save states. Save, oh, yeah. save states in there. That's a big deal. So it very, has very, very cool. writable memory. Yeah. On top so it has, of saving through the natural save yeah. features. Well, I think there's some games that are on there that aren't on Wii U, so they've made it. So you have the save states that are on Wii U. That wasn't available for Wii because we didn't have save states. That's another reason to get it. What they should make, well, hopefully, they'll probably never make it, but it'd be cool if they made a Mini 64 with, with 3064 games in there, which is our topic of the week. We're going to get to the first eight games for Nintendo 64, but let's take a break real quick. Alrighty. So yeah, we're almost to the 20th anniversary of Nintendo 64, at least in America. Do you know when it launched in Japan, by chance? When it launched in Japan? Yeah, the Nintendo uh, 64. June 23rd, 1996. So okay, over so, so we're totally at 20. We're over 20 years for Japan. That's yeah. what I thought. So yeah, as a whole like celebration of the 20-year anniversary of Nintendo 64, I figured that we would do an episode where we talk about the launch window games. Originally, yeah. I was going to say launch games, but there were only two games that came out on launch day. So Same as, with... Uh, in Japan, there was one. There was a third game. Yeah, it was a shogi. It was a shogi game, yeah. starring uh, some famous shogi player. Which I only know what shogi is, is because you could play it in, in Yakuza games, <laughs> and I'm still not sure what it is. But I've played it in those games. I think it's some sort it's of a weird virtual game. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of like a mahjong type 
maybe or maybe it's a dice game. I don't know. I don't remember. But I have but I have played Shogi and, and on Yakuza. But yeah, and there were like some Japanese games that didn't come out here during that time, but I don't think we necessarily need to get into all of those. I figured I'd just go down the line of like everything that came out before the Christmas of ninety six. That was when I got my sixty four, was that Christmas. And when did you do were you an early adopter of the sixty four? I was not. I don't think we got and I was we didn't get our sixty four until I was a junior in high school. But I was playing it at my friend's house. He had one, so I was playing it from I guess ninety seven on. You didn't play it that year? No, he got and his then it was released. I mean, there are a lot of demo machines out at Toys R Us. You could play it. You, know what? Never you could mind. play Super did, Mario Art. He did get it. He did get it in ninety six and I remember now. He did get it. Yeah, because I remember I rented the whole system when it came out. Like, you used to be able to do that from rental places, you know? I don't know how much it cost, but you could... Oh, no, it wasn't even Blockbuster. It was Village Video was the place we went to in Morton. Small-ass rental place, but we rented the entire system. Well, we actually, in the past, my mom, we rented we rented an NES before we got it from there. We rented a Super Nintendo from there before I got that, and we rented a Nintendo 64 also. Rented if it I remember me. correctly, to rent video game systems, it was kind of like renting a car. Like, you had to have... Credit card. Dad, he had to lay a bunch of stuff down for it. Uh, because it was a valuable thing, and if you broke it, they wanted to be able to charge you. Yeah. Have you watched the Nintendo Power promo video on this? On the 64 itself? Yeah. The, the tape, the tape that they it. sent out, where they basically pick up like the coolest video game players, and they take them to this lab, and they basically show them like, Shadows of the Empire. And I guess I haven't seen as, it. It's like they show Shadows of the Empire, Pilot Wings, and Super Mario 64, I think. Is what is what they show on there, and and they show you a bunch of games at the end. The first one being Kirby's Air Ride, which I thought was cool on the, on that video, which didn't come out for sixty four, but that was the first game you see, and and it shows like Golden Eye, and it shows like stuff from the wrestling games. One of them, whatever the first, the WCW NWO World Tour, or whatever the very first one is on there, and I think like uh, I forget what else was on there too, but pretty, you know, it was, it was about as ridiculous as the Donkey Kong one. Yeah. I didn't go through my Nintendo Power before I did this. I should have read something from them about the launch of sixty four. But that's all right. I, it, we'll do it another time for another game. I feel like I have. It's been a while since I've given you some Nintendo Power stuff. We did that for a couple episodes, and then we didn't. We didn't for the last one because there's no Pokemon Go thing. But hopefully we'll next bring. time we'll get in there. But I'm sure they they had some cool launch whatever. I've actually got a uh, a friend that's wanting to possibly sell me his Nintendo Power collection and try to figure out what it's worth. Oh, I um, think it, I would think it'd be worth quite a bit, but I haven't really looked. I mean, I have like I have roughly like issue three through almost the end of them. I think I don't have like the first two or so. But he said his started in the late eighties, which I'm not sure what year was the first year. Oh, that would probably be like at least issue ten and above. I think because I thought it started in like eighty five around with because the very, well, the very I, I hope he has like the strategy guides are what I really want to see. Yeah, I have a bunch of those. I like I have like the Final Fantasy one, Final Fantasy one one, and like the Dragon Warrior and like. Pokemon had the Pokemon one and like the and like the Donkey Kong Country ones also Killer Instinct and Street Fighter and like a bunch of other shit and the Final Fantasy six I have that one too and like Diddy Kong Racing bunch of shit those are what I'm most interested in they're a lot of fun the very first issue of Nintendo Power was Super Mario Brothers two Inclamation, yeah so that's I don't know what year that was maybe he has that one but anyway we're not talking about Nintendo Power we're talking about Nintendo sixty four a little bit of trivia Nintendo sixty four it was it was called Project Reality. Was like the code name for it before it was announced. Now I remember kids calling it Ultra Sixty Four, like in eighth that, grade. That so. was after. That was after that because it was called Ultra Sixty Four first, and okay. then they changed it to Nintendo Sixty Four. 
I guess because of like the Japanese language, it sounded weird, I guess. But on the arcade cabinets for Killer Instinct 2 and Cruise in USA, there are advertisements for Ultra 64 on there. When it's like doing the game demo, it has a spinning 64, like it's a flat square, and it's like silver, and it says like Ultra 64. So, so hey, I mean, how so different is that than like the NX thing then? Yeah, what if like we were getting advertisements for NX, <laughs> are we games or we you games? Yeah. Well, there aren't yet, but I mean, I don't know. But, it's call, the... but if it was calling it NX and then it wasn't called, you know what I mean? Cause we well, were sure. mentioning last week, like you could win a signed NX, which still doesn't. Happen. Well, it still says like quote. Yeah. It's just like, it still says like, it still says like signed code name NX, but they didn't do anything that was like, you'd win a signed project reality or anything like that. Right. And I don't think, feel like the 64 was hidden as long, but well, were they also using like certain hardware from it to power those games? They were basically saying like the 64 is going to have games like this. Up, what do you mean? Such as, such as Kill, the Killer Instinct and uh, Killer Instinct Gold or whatever it was. And then, oh uh, yeah, well they were like they were like the games that they had made. Yeah, because like Cruising USA was was like a partner. It was made between Midway and Nintendo, and like Killer Instinct was like rare in Nintendo. So that's you know that was when they had their little little small, well, their newer arcade thing. I mean, Super Mario Brothers and like Punch Out and all those had had arcades way back when. But when they did it again, do you remember in Donkey Kong Country Three when you go in and she's in the cave? We may have mentioned it. Donkey Kong, so. Yeah, and she's she's, she's playing Super Mario sixty four. Yeah, we mentioned that because uh, it came out, because that game came out after the 64 was already out. So it was like basically advertising for, that's why it didn't sell very well, because I didn't buy it. <laughs> and I didn't buy, I didn't buy it until way later because, you know, Same 64, here. I didn't care anymore about Super Nintendo. But yeah, I mean, Super Mario 64, that's, there's a lot we can say about that. That was the launch title with Pilot Wing 64. I love both of those games. I own both of those games still. I actually have the box of Super Mario 64. One of my old roommates left it here. So that's pretty awesome. I have, I have like an N64 boxed Super Mario 64. The, uh, my, my story with Pilot Wings I thought was kind of cool because, uh, because basically, basically what happened to me, it was like when the 64 came out, everything was so, it was so popular that like you couldn't find any games anywhere. And the only reason I bought Pilot Wing 64 because it was the only game i could find to buy after the system came out like after i got the system for christmas i went to yeah. like best buy to buy a game and the only game i could find was pilot wings so i bought pilot wings it was like the only game they had it was maybe pilot wings and like wayne gretzky but who wants wayne gretzky like really i'm that pretty was... sure they made, they must have made a shit ton of copies of pilot wings because it's still not worth any i love that game though i was i was i'm still bummed that it has not made any sort of appearance on virtual console I think all. I saw it at a shop in Danville for like fives. It's a great game. It's totally worth it. I played the it's crap. Five, I played the sure. crap out of that game. There's a lot of like cool. There's a lot of cool hidden parts. Like the Birdman levels are really fun. You can, if you want to be like morbid, you can go into the United States and, and shoot missiles at the Twin Towers. They're in there. <laughs> <laughs> you can also ride your gyrocopter into them if you want to. There's a written miniature Rushmore Mountain where you can shoot Mario and turn him into Wario. Nice little extra thing there. You can find Missy, who's like Nessie, and like the in the Mississippi River. There's like there's like fun little extra things in there. That, that I found. There's like stars and stuff you can find too that are hidden in the maps. It's very, it was a very cool game. Like I, I played the crap out of it. I like I liked it very much. With the miniature US, yeah. Yeah. Did you? Um, I was gonna I was gonna go through the list and ask you like if you had owned any of these, but you said you didn't get it till later, so maybe that maybe that won't work. I mean, I'm sure you have. I mean, do you have a Mario 64 now? Like the cartridge? No, I don't own the cartridge. Oh, okay. um, I do have Pilot Wings. I have the cartridge. Oh, okay. Yeah. Super Mario 64 is on Virtual Console also, which is great because I love that game. That's yeah, probably. I've been playing it on uh, the Wii U Virtual Console, and I, as far as I can tell, the control is spot on Pro Controller. Like, yeah. That was I like. I lag or anything. Yeah, Super Mario, Super Mario 64 is still like my, it's probably like my favorite 
3D Mario still. I mean, Galaxy was really cool, but I still love Super Mario 64 very, very much. That was a game that I played the shit out of. I replayed, like, I would, like, replay levels. Like, every time I got out of school, I'd go home and replay, like, the, I'd do, like, the penguin race, like, with the big penguin. Yeah. I would, I would, like, do that. And I'd do, like, the sand level where you fight the monster that has the hands with the eyes on his hands. Like, I would play that. I would play, like, all the boss modes and, like, just, get, just repeat it and just keep playing through it. And I just loved, I loved that game so much. And I remember I, like, was so impressed by the ending because it had voice acting on it and it was, like, a longer, like, had a longer credits thing that I remember showing that to like my parents, like, and be like, look at the ending of this. And I would like beat Bowser and show them like all the cutscenes Cause I thought it was cool. It was like something I'd never seen before. Well, I, I mean, Mario 64 for me, like it's definitely like, I don't think I've ever had that big of, you know, I remember back at seeing like news articles about super Nintendo. Like they had like little shows on the local news about the super Nintendo that's about to be released. It totally blew my mind, but nothing blew my mind. Like Mario 64, like I, that it was set up at blockbuster, you know, a lot of people have that story, the kiosk at Blockbuster. But yeah. That's where I played it the first time, and it my mind was blown by it. Like, that was 3D. That was what 3D would be, and I mean, that it really was. Like, it stuck. Yeah, my, my, Things are still based on that system. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it ba- they basically paved the way for that. I mean, that was the best. I think it was the first 3D game that actually moved well and was actually, like, it was playable, that analog very stick, playable. Man. Yeah, yeah, they built it all around the analog stick. The, I mean, that system, the... The weirdness of the controller was all kind of built around Mario, I guess. Because both the Saturn and the PlayStation, their original controllers didn't have analog sticks. Like nope. They added them later on. They added them later, yeah. Nintendo was the first one to, to do the analog stick. And that was, I mean, that was a game changer. It, it was like, I, I picked up the controller. You know, I stood in line. There were several kids in front of me, probably adults too. And, uh, I mean, I figured it out right away. Like, it made sense. Like, it was very intuitive and just like yeah i remember i got the uh whatever the demo allowed you to get the hat to fly around and i just i couldn't believe i was like flying through the air in full 3d it oh, felt yeah. like i was yeah, having one of those dreams where you're flying like yeah. it's the first time i've been able to do something like that huh. and it just like i i thought i still think about that moment it was yeah. great yeah when i got uh when i got super mario i mean i got i got the nintendo 64 for christmas that year i was gonna have i was gonna have a guest on the show this is a scheduling conflict but i was gonna have a guest on the show that the my friend caleb from high school he actually worked at Kmart and basically put a Nintendo 64 like on layaway for me or whatever which supposedly I guess he wasn't supposed to do could have got fired for doing it but did it anyway anyway he basically held it for my mom so she could buy it for me for Christmas because they were so hard to get it was like the toy of, of 96 that and that would like tickle me Elmo tickle me Elmo was popular at that time too oh really uh, yeah that was the year of tickle me Elmo was 64 oh my gosh because I remember those being talked about together. But yeah, he helped, he helped me get the system. And uh, yeah, when, when I got it for Christmas, there was like nothing more I wanted to do than just play Super Mario 64. And it was like so immersive, probably like more immersed than I think I've been in any game ever. Like I was like so amazed by it. I just wanted to play it and play it and play it until I was done with it. And then keep playing it, you know. I was just, I was just like so into it. And I remember when I played it, I was like, because, you know, when the Super Nintendo came out and like you had the different layers on the background now and like everything looked kind of better and like all the games looked like that. And there were so many like side scrollers that were like that. That's what I thought was 64. I was like, okay, this is a 3D game. So now all the games are going to be like this. They're all going to be 3D. And then they weren't. <laughs> there wasn't really much of them after that. But I thought it was going to be like Super Nintendo, where it's going to be all these licensed games that look just like this. There were a lot of, like, didn't, light. It didn't really happen. I mean, you had Shadows, but which we'll get to later. But, you know, there wasn't... And that first part was, like, there wasn't a whole lot of 3D after Mario. I guess they just kind of just made it, and then it was, like, not until, like, Zelda, I guess, which came which came out way later. But later. Mario 64, Pilotwing 64... Good, good launch titles, but I didn't get I didn't get the system until like December twenty fifth. So there were some other games that were out by then. And actually, second game to come out 
which came out the next month on Halloween, was Mortal Kombat Trilogy, which is a game that I bought for myself before the 64 came out. I bought that and a controller, so I would be able to play it Christmas when I got it. So You were just I, sitting on a cartridge and just like staring at it. You kind of- yeah, I bought I bought the cartridge early. I did the same thing when the Wii came out. I, I bought Twilight Princess before I had a Wii, just to, you know, just to wait on it, just so I'd have it whenever I got the system. I think I did that for GameCube too, right? Didn't I buy, uh, it was either, it was either Tony Hawk 3 or, or Smash Brothers. To, I bought to play on your GameCube before I had a GameCube. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a totally different thing. That was pretty cool how that all worked out. Yeah. So, but, so yeah, I did that with that. MK Trilogy, you know, okay for Mortal Kombat, I guess. I had a lot of fun with it. There's some really cool codes that you can do in there. You know, there's ones where you could unlock where you can just watch all the finishing moves. I remember doing all that. There were some interesting levels that were in there. You know, it was fun for what it was. I liked, you know, as weird as the controller was, like how you had to control, hold it two different ways, I guess. I kind of liked how there was, you know, how you could hold it and use the control pad one way and you could hold it another way and use the analog stick. So I would hold it like with the pad, you know, for fighting games. And yeah. I feel like after that, there wasn't really, I mean, the GameCube had the tiny control pad that, that didn't work as well for fighting games. So I felt like they kind of lost something after that. But then when the Wii came around and the classic controllers, it got better because then they got back to having like the D-pad more prominent. But but I like yeah. that. I like that it had different ways that you could hold it. I wonder if there's. I don't think there's any games that where you can actually like hold like the left side of it. Like I know that was supposed to be a possible one where you hold the analog with your right hand and like the left side for the, oh, right. for the D-pad. Yeah. That was supposed to be an option, but there's nothing really that you could do. I mean, maybe maybe there's a golden eye option in there or something like that for that. But it seemed like a lefty righty kind of thing, which yeah. it's still, it would have been a compromise. But like, it was a possibility that they yeah. built the controller. But, but I'm left-handed, and there wasn't really any games that I could play like that, unfortunately. Right. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking, though. Like, that's what would have made the most sense. Yeah. Because the C button, it didn't have the C stick, it just had the buttons, which were like the control pad. Yeah, but it wasn't mirrored. Like, there wasn't two, there wasn't an A and B button on, this, on yeah. the left side. You're right. It, it's just the control pad, which could mimic the C sticks, but it couldn't mimic A and B. So you kind of screw yourself there. It was a very strange controller, that's for sure. It was a strange controller. <laughs> it was a very strange controller. I mean, I, I remember even back in the day, like people making sexual jokes about it in high and school. And a lot of, yeah, well, especially when the Rumble Pack came around, because <laughs> of the, you know, because of like the way it's very like phallic, and you know, the first thing we thought of was like, you know, you stick it in your butthole and then blow up the boss and Star Fox and we, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Before we were having your own. Yeah. <laughs> First joke of the 64. And I remember a lot of people like held it wrong. Like my friend John, a friend of the show. Who was who was on the Zelda episode? I think he always played it where he held the outside but used the stick like with his thumbs in the middle and had his. But he has long, he has like really big hands, so he can do that. But he would hold it on the out on the two outsides and still use the stick and, and use the Z trigger like that. So he's like, "Huh, oh, this controller is perfect for my hands." Yeah, <laughs> I always thought that was funny that he held it a different way, but just always played it like that. I mean, there wasn't really much instruction on how to do it. That's an interesting. I think we could do a whole episode about how people hold controllers. We could. We, I mean, we got, you know, we got, we got a lot, we got to fill like the next like 200 or whatever. You know? <laughs> That'll be episode 70, maybe. Put it in the back burner. After MK Trilogy was uh, Wave Race 64, a game that I did not have in cartridge form, but I bought it on Virtual Console on Wii later when I mentioned that they updated it and put new advertisements in it and all that. But that was a game that I rented a lot. I thought it was really cool. I thought the water effects were very cool. Like it was something I had never really seen before. That was, a lot of people say that was the first like Nintendo proving they could do 3D water really well. I guess they did it pretty well in uh, Mario 64 as well. But, you know, with like the, the waves and 
the random generation of physics and stuff. Like it was oh, pretty yeah, that, impressive. Yeah, that was one of my favorite levels. Was the wet was a wet dry world where you jumped in it. Like depending on how how high you jumped in it, the water would change the water levels. That one was really cool, but the water did still still did not look as good as it did in uh, as it did in Wave Race because in Wave Race it like moved. Right. So you, you were know? actually dealing with real like physics of being on top of water yeah it actually like moved like a wave and, and then mario it didn't it just you know there's just a little splash and like come it comes out the swimming mechanic was cool but it didn't like yeah it didn't like move like it was its own thing it was more like flying sort of, water, yeah and i thought that was really cool the way wave race did it and like when you like put your when you put your name in there it would like dig it would like dunk the the letters in the water do you remember that like whenever you'd spell out like your initials or whatever it would yeah. have the letter it had the 3d letters over the water and it would drop in the water and come out that was really cool they had the levels that had levels where like the water level changed like as you raced it so you'd have to kind of like adapt around that i remember that was really neat and it was yeah it was just i wasn't i wasn't very good at it but i liked playing it and also had like probably the most annoying announcer ever in any game (laughs) (laughs) the guy that's like okay okay yeah he's like he's like no problem the, the guy who talks to you like as you go around the buoys this is pretty yeah. pretty hilarious i think he was i think he was in some nintendo power for like most annoying thing in games was that was that guy that was like okay and we always thought uh the the song from the stunt race mode which there's a stunt race mode where if you go through it and do all the stunts you get to ride a dolphin which is which i thought was pretty cool which i mentioned earlier at the top of the show but but the song from that sound i thought it sounded exactly like the mary tyler moore theme song <laughs> Because it had that part You'll that's like a dolphin after all. Yeah, this part is like na 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 na. Like it plays that in the, in the song. So yeah, <laughs> we made jokes about that. But yeah, that game was really fun. I, 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 I had a lot of fun with it. It was very cool. I liked all the little tricks you could do, and it was really fun to race, and the water looked really pretty. Well, let's not forget that that's where the codename of GameCube came from. Dolphin. Yeah, that's what I thought of was uh, was the dolphin from there. And there was uh, a lot of people forget there was a Wave Race launch game for GameCube, Wave Race Blue Storm, yep. which is a which is a pretty awesome game. But I, I don't think anybody really played it. I bought it for like five dollars later. I still have it. It's, it's cool. I mean, it's worth checking out if you can. If you can, I don't know what it what it is now, but I bought it towards the end of the GameCube life cycle when they were just turning it out. But it's pretty good. That was and that's hard. It's actually hard to find GameCube games in the wild, like at resale shops and stuff. Yeah, I, I feel don't think like that many of them. I feel like GameCube games are becoming more sought after nowadays also you know so there's like a lot of them and like basically you know any like nintendo branded one probably not necessarily wave race but like all the zelda games are selling for like 60 bucks like 50 60 bucks same with like the Pokemon games. Like I'd really like to get Pokemon XD. I never played that game. It's a GameCube game. It's a role-playing game. I can't, haven't found it anywhere for less than like sixty dollars. So, wow. And I don't, I'm not ready to pay that much for it. But it, but it's like something I'd check out. Uh, the Pokemon Coliseum game, same thing. It's like sixty bucks, which I had, but I sold. Wish I still had it. That was like that one had a RPG in it as well. And that was the one before XD. XD. But those games have, be, have become more rare. The so Wave Race sixty four. That was uh that was November first of ninety six. So this you're basically getting like one game a month like for sure which is like kind of like you know what we what we got for for wii u but i mean they still had eight games within like three months so that's kind of better than what we get on wii u now right it's it's, just like one just like one game maybe every two months yeah and they released the console in september so that even if people got the console then they'd have more games to buy through the holidays so the gifts would the gifts would be games or the console so they i think they played their cards really well with that and I think it had a lot to do with, well, no, I guess it didn't have much to do with the release of, like, the 
PlayStation because that was the year before. Yeah, the PlayStation came out before, which we didn't even really mention. We didn't mention the whole thing with like uh, you know Nintendo and PlayStation's relationship, which we probably should. The whole failed the the first PlayStation, the one that's like a Super the Nintendo. Nintendo PlayStation. Yeah, the one that basically looks like a Sega CD, which I've actually seen one. It was at that video game expo that I went to. There actually are some in the wild that people actually own. But yeah, that was a thing where they were going to partner. They're going to make the Nintendo PlayStation. Um, apparently, Nintendo didn't not like that they weren't going to have full control over it, so they bailed on Sony, joined with uh, Philips CDI <laughs> for whatever reason, and we got those awful Zelda games from them. Nintendo's like, PlayStation goes out and makes their base system. Nintendo's like, fuck that. CDs take too much loading time. We're going to stick with cartridges. That was a very bold move, and they went went straight yeah. into 64 with, the, with cartridges. And that was the last console of cartridges that we saw, unless... The NX is going to bring it back, which I would love to see it do that. Well, Only I think time will that, tell. I think that the uh, you know obviously those are cartridges on the Game Boy Advance. So that's cartridges. So uh, handhelds had them still. I don't yeah, know. Hand, handhelds still have cartridges. I bet. I, I said. I said cartridges is on a home console. That oh, home console. Last, that was the last of that because then it went to GameCube and then Wii and Wii U. And this is the last we saw of it as a home console cartridge. But it's but, funny how that blo- that bad blood between Nintendo and Sony is still prevalent now. Like I've seen people, you know, rejoicing that Nintendo's market share was more than Sony's for what like a week there because of uh, Pokemon. Oh, yeah. oh sure, yeah. Well, they it were, wasn't I mean, for very long. But. It's still, yeah, it's still kind of there, I guess. Yeah, the competition. But I mean, Sony's got like pretty much all of the market share right now, I believe. Like for for next generation consoles, most I mean, more people bought PS4s than anything else. But and they're also making. TVs and yeah. other things. But it's nice to see. I mean, it's nice to see them get get up for a minute. I think they're under Sony now, actually. But, but by a little we're bit. But they're, but they're better. But they're better than where they were. November saw like three releases for 64, so that's not bad. I mean, there was like, there was the two in September, and then, you know, that was at the end of September. And then you had like all of October, but then with Mortal Kombat. But then you had a, uh, you know, within a couple weeks of each other, this Wave Race 64, Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey, which they actually made, like, three different versions of this. I don't know if you remember that. They kept, like, re-releasing it with, like, different with like different rosters or whatever, but it was the exact same game. Oh, <laughs> I there was, like, yeah, they, they did, like, three other versions of this for 64, which I remember the last one getting, like, a 3 out of 10 on IGN or something like that because they're, like, this is the same fucking game that came out, like, however long ago, just with different rosters. But, yeah, they tried to, they tried to like, keep re-releasing that. And after that, uh, at the end of the month, Killer Instinct Gold. They're uh, basically their version of Killer Instinct Two, which I pl- I, I got I, I bought that I had I had that like after I think I got it after Christmas or whenever yeah I had that I played I played a lot of that so that was fun I was a big Killer Instinct person for a minute there that was like it was very similar to the Super Nintendo one well it was a sequel sprite based and everything it was a sequel to the Super Nintendo one it was sprite based but there were 3D levels that that were in it and the camera moved on this one on the Super Nintendo one the camera didn't move but in the Killer Instinct arcade the first one the camera did move because it looked better in the arcade than it did on the Super Nintendo but you know the camera like basically like comes out and like zooms in like depending on what you're doing like Neo Chief games yeah kind of but I think those games are better (laughs) I don't think Killer Instinct has really like aged very well i don't think it's that good of a fighting game but when it came out i liked it i thought it was really cool well the liked, combos were important like that yeah was I, I liked fulgore i was big into fulgore and like in like saber tooth and and uh whoever the what was the name tusk <laughs> the uh oh, it might have been tusk actually the dude the the fabio looking guy with with the sword i i, I played assist that's it jago no that was a uh, jago's a different guy he was like the ninja dude ninja looking dude there's one that looks like he-man sort of that has like a loincloth and a sword oh but that's in the 64 version i'm thinking of the- that's in 64 right yeah tusk is in, is in 64 he has a finishing move where he drops a rock on you <laughs> 
game. Which they actually had finishing cool. moves in that game. But yeah, that was, uh, and like the, with the bad guy was like some big dragon that you fought. Like Idol was the first one, and there's dragon in the second one. But yeah, that was cool. I, I had a lot of fun with it. The second one played the crap out of that too, with Mortal Kombat Trilogy. Did you play the Wayne Gretzky game? I did play the Wayne Gretzky game, yeah. Was, we it, played, like, was the first version good? Like, Was it a fun game? Yeah, I mean, it was fun. That first one was fun. I mean, I liked that there were fights in it. There were like, really cool like 3D fights that you could do. Because I love... Where, they, uh, where they would actually like move Steve the camera Davis. in and you could like punch the shit out of each other. Like I remember being very impressed by that. Being like, oh, look, you can actually fight now. There's actually fight modes. That's cool. But, you know, my friends were... were like My friend Caleb was a hockey fan, so I played it with him. You know, we would rent it. And I think he ended up buying it i don't remember but i but i did play it i played it enough with that but at the time with the 64 like i basically played i basically played every game when they came out while i was in high school you know we basically rented my, my friends and i we basically rented or bought whatever game came out because there wasn't that many so it was really easy to play all of them till like 98 you know, i went on to college i didn't play as much but we pretty much i pretty much played everything from like 96 to 98 and uh what was it uh december 3rd the best game ever cruising usa <laughs> Man, that is a gem. Got released. Got released. The most ridiculous ending ever. You get to see uh, Bill Clinton in a hot tub with uh, with bikini girls <laughs> on the moon in a moon lander with a bunch of secret agents standing around him. I mean, what more do you want than that? <laughs> you also race. You also race to the White House. The White House is the is your like ending point. Why not have Bill Clinton in there? And you know why not have him with girls? I mean, <laughs> the best How do you president you could do that. Water in the hot tub on the moon. I feel like it would all splash out really easily. It's just a picture. It doesn't move. <laughs> I don't know. It could be frozen. We have no idea because it's six times less the gravity. So every time you splash, it's going to like go really, really high in the hot yeah. tub. Yeah, I mean, cruising USA. I kind of have a. I kind of have a place in my heart for that game. Like kind of like how you do for Mystic Quest. I don't think it's that good of a game, but I think it's fun to play. And I'll still like throw a, a quarter in every once in a while if I see an arcade of it. Same and here, I, man. I've played. And the I bought. I bought the virtual. I bought the virtual console version on, of it on Wii, and I played played through it a couple times. The um. So I, I had fun with it. I mean, I, I can only beat it on easy because it gets a lot harder after that. But I feel like I remember you, watching someone play the uh, one of the arcade versions because there were several arcades. And they like hit a deer and it exploded. Yeah. Well, there was a, <laughs> there were three different arcades actually. There was cruising. There was cruising USA, cruising the world, and cruising Exotica. So they did make two more sequels to this. And, but yeah, there was a in, there was more there was stuff in the arcade that got censored for the Nintendo one. Like when you end like when you win, the girl with the bikini brings you a brings you a trophy in the in the Nintendo one, she's wearing a t-shirt and not a bikini. They put a crew they put a gray cruise in USA t-shirt over and also uh, and I don't think you can kill cows in the 64 one. But you do <laughs> but you but you can still get shit on your windshield and bugs depending on which cuz I think Iowa you get shit on by it's either Iowa you either get bugs or or shit. But yeah, like bird shit will be on your windshield if you play in first person and bugs will also like fall out fly into the windshield for another level. So that's all I'm glad that, you know, bird shit is being represented. It's, it's <laughs> underrepresented in video games. What what I always thought was funny about that game is uh when you go to Chicago, there's a part where you go like under like you go like, you know, what's supposed to kind of look like lower whacker, I guess. You like go under this uh tunnel. And it looks like all the buildings are attached to the top of this tunnel. <laughs> like it just looks like so, <laughs> it just looks like so generic. It's like a tunnel, and then there's like the Sears Tower is above there, plus some other some other buildings, and that's just a flat sprite there that's on top of the tower. And then you go through, and you know, whatever. 
But I, I had fun this with that game. This was a two-player game, right? Was. I don't think it was four-player. No, there actually were no four-player games for that first for that first launch window. The first four-player game was Mario Mario Kart 64, which came out in January, I believe, of okay. 97. So, and I think NBA Hangtime was also four-player, which also came out in January, which was uh, which was the games that we got after this. But also on the same day of Cruising USA, Shadows of the Empire came out, which I played the yes. shit out of that game too. I played I played levels over and over and over again. I haven't tried to play it lately. I, I think you have, right? Yeah, I've been trying to play it lately, and I, I'm embarrassed to say I'm having a really hard time beating the first couple of levels. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how how is it aged? It's got to be, like, kind of hard to play now. Well, so I've got, I, I was playing through the, uh, is it Gaul Spaceport? I can't remember. It's one of the, uh, it's the first, it's the level where you fight Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. oh, on the, on the train? Or is, or is that IG-88? That's IG-88. No, you're actually, like, Because uh, there's the train a, that's in, that's in like, the dump yard. You're in a big, like, canyon. And uh, this is the first level you get the uh, jetpack. Oh yeah, that level's long. That that that's like an hour and a half level. Like I remember it taking like ninety minutes to get through there, or like forty. Sixty-four, like just the fact that it took so long to beat, I was able to beat it. But uh, yeah, I mean, and then like the boss battle, I remember blowing my mind because like it was in full three D space, and like you could like leave the arena, but he would still be there doing stuff. You know what I mean? Like oh yeah, kept. Things kept happening, like you were really fighting like something in 3D space that was like reacting. So that was cool, but yeah, I tried playing it on my uh, because the copy I purchased had a save file on it that had everything unlocked. Oh, nice. So I uh, was playing through that level, and man, it gets too dark. Like you can't tell what the hell is happening when you're like going inside of buildings and stuff. Like I would probably have to change the picture mode on my TV or turn it oh, brightness. Okay. But it's yeah, like really, really, really dark. I mean, when I played it, I don't remember finding things too dark, but that was like years ago. I honestly haven't played this since like the late '90s. I'm sure. I mean, I still have my so, cartridge, but, you but... playing with an HD TV, which is the only TV I have. Yeah, I wish I had a CRT. I wish I had just held on to one and not been so stubborn about throwing them all away but i think it would playing it through the 64 itself it would be better for that because i have to mess with the picture settings to play that level i was like i couldn't tell what the hell was happening like when i was in, inside of like oh wow because there's a lot of like inside areas you go through to get to other parts and it was just so dark that i would like basically i would only know where i was going if i followed the stormtroopers i had killed you oh, <laughs> oh shit well maybe i should try it and see how really bad it is but, uh, i haven't played it i haven't played it in a while but i but it's I, really used, floaty, I love it super floaty physics like oh, i remember that yeah for sure but, but it's still like impressive like because well and then the fog <laughs> yeah that's the beginning of the fog yeah <laughs> there's so the much fog. beginning of the 64 fog yeah and dash rendar like you know dash rendar he had like the most squarest head ever like his his body was very like it was very like you know early polygon like his his head was so square and everything was a point and it went to a point if you don't know shadows of the empire was a book that was written in the 90s which um a little bit of trivia john williams actually wrote a soundtrack for that book which you could buy on a cd for the book yeah which i thought was funny yeah, there's actually a soundtrack for Shadows of the Empire for the book. So that was a big thing. I was did I they like, using well, that in the video game? I don't think they did. I thought I feel like it came out after the video game because everything in the game was from the movie. Yeah, as far as I know, there was nothing used from the from the John Williams soundtrack. I feel like that came out after. But everything I, I remember, everything I heard on the game, I think was actually it was from the movie. It all sounded all sounded very familiar. Where I think I, that was another impressive thing about that game was that because I played it at my friend Chip's house and he had gotten the sixty four in that game. And that was like his favorite one that he was playing. It was a lot it was a lot of fun. I really loved sound, the uh, sound and it was really good. Like it, it sounded like I was watching Star Wars, you know, a Star Wars movie but playing games. Yeah. I I was kinda bummed that the uh that the that the cutscenes were 
were so like flat. But I guess, you know, that was the problem with the 64 at first is they didn't know how to do like, couldn't really do FMV. So it made like cutscenes. But they were well difficult. drawn. What? They were well drawn cutscenes. Yeah. They just seemed like kind of, you know, they were motion, they were motionless and it was, it was kind of like a comic book. Yeah, it was it was kind of it was kind of weird. It was kind of weird to me. I mean, I thought that, I thought that could have looked better. Even the cutscenes for like the Super Star Wars games, I thought looked better than those. Like they animated a little bit better. But that's just that. That's but, your uh, double like Star Wars nerd and game nerd coming out. Yeah, <laughs> swoop level was really cool. Where you got on the speeder, where they yeah. were called, they were called swoop bikes, and that they, they were a new new thing that was created for that game. That was a lot of fun trying to like knock people into the walls and stuff. Yeah, yeah, because because there's a whole level where you just kill people, and you're and you're like in most Eisley, and there's like you see the Sarlacc pit. There's a lot of memorable levels. I thought there's like I said before, there's the train with IG88 when you're in like the junk planet, and then there's like and of course the first level, which ended up becoming the inspiration for for Rogue Squadron. You know, the very first level where you go through and take down the the walkers, the AT-ATs, yeah. which I which I actually called AT-ATs when I was a kid, just because I thought AT-ATs sound weird. But I call them AT-ATs. <laughs> yeah, but I remember playing that with my friend Caleb, like when he had it, and he was trying to. He had gotten the game before I did, and I didn't get Shadows until way later because Shadows was like was fucking gone everywhere. Like at that Christmas, like I remember Babbage's in the mall was selling a copy of Shadows of the Empire for a hundred dollars oh because gosh. they were the only place in Peoria that had Shadows of the Empire. Which I guess you could do that then because there wasn't really a set price for games. But that was fucking diabolical, you know, just because of like the scarcity of Nintendo 64 games at the time and how popular that game was. And I remember my mom like ended up finding it at Best Buy one time and, and, and bought it for me later, you know, just because she knew how the scarcity of it and all that. But I remember playing it at Caleb's house and he was trying to show me how to do the how to like rope the, the ad ads. And he's like, you know, do it to where because it had that weird camera angle that I wasn't used to, you know, where it's like uh-huh. not because it's behind the it's behind the ship. And then when you throw out your tow cable, it's not it's the, the camera's kind of like steady, <laughs> steady fixed yeah like a cinematic camera yeah so you have to kind of like go around it but it won't be following your ship anymore so it's kind of weird so he's like yeah you got to do it to where you see the belly of the ship and then just go around and and what i thought was funny is if you ran into an atst it would automatically kill the atst so i used to do that too if you had some extra (laughs) lives just like run directly into it and it would kill it and go to the next part you know but they had those, uh, yeah, and there, there were those secret rebel, um, icons that you could get that would unlock, that would unlock whatever. There, I forget what it unlocked, but you could, you could like do those so and get, you know, bonus, bonus, whatever. And, uh, Wampa Stampa code, which you mentioned earlier. Yeah, the Wampa Stampa code, which is like. I think that was what I, I think I used that to see the, the credits. Cause if you see the credits for the highest difficulty, they're basically like Monty Python, where like people get sacked and all that. And they do like the little commentary at the bottom, like very much like Monty Python, the Holy Grail opening credits. Well, it's, so it's debug mode and uh you have to do it on medium difficulty and then your name is period capital w wapa period period capital s stompa so it's case sensitive and you have to put it in exactly like that and then once you start the level you pause it and then i'm I'm reading this straight from the web page you press and hold all at once c up c up c right c down c left l r z and left on the d i don't know how you could oh no you could press all the buttons at the same time yeah so you press all the C buttons, L, R, Z, and left on the D. And when you, while holding these, you gently move the control stick left halfway, and then you hold all of it until you hear it. Then you do the same thing again with the joystick facing right, then left, right, and then left. So it's pretty complex code, and that's not even the end of it. Because if it works, like you'll show, they'll show like some pink writing on the screen, and then you use different button codes to make sense. 
There's like five, there's like multiple different Wampa Stampa codes, depending on what spaces you put on them. So like there's the one that you did with the dots for the D, for the debug, but there's also Wampa Stampa, one space before Wampa and two spaces before Stampa. If you put that in, you get to play as a stormtrooper instead of dash. And there's also Wampa Stampa, one space before Wampa, two and two spaces before Stampa. And there's one where you can play as the Wampa also. Yeah, that's for the Wampa. Oh, and then you can like actually switch between the Wampa. Yeah, and then you press like left on the control pad and right and right C at the same time up on up on the pad press right c to switch between the wampa and dash so there's ones where you can play other characters also same thing same thing with wampa stampa you can play as an atst play as one of prince sizer's arm, armored guards so like there's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of extra stuff you could do with a wampa stampa that has spaces instead of dots which is pretty cool. So I knew I knew it did other things other than just the debug. But there yeah, is there's a, a lot of stuff in here. Like, was this released as a PC game at the same time? Uh, it was released as a PC game later. Like, okay. uh, I think like two or three years later, they re-released it as a PC game. Very PC. But it was a uh, it came it came like way after. And I remember they did one that like looked a little bit better. But it was like. It had to have been like ninety eight or ninety nine when it came out, and this one was ninety six. So it was like two or three late, two or three years after. So it was a long. They waited a long time before they re released it on PC. But I thought it was really cool for a console game. I was kind of mad that there was really no other Star Wars games like this game ever again. It kind of felt like the natural progression from like the Super Star Wars games to what you would see in a three D space for me. And then then we got Rogue Squadron after that, which was a great game. I just didn't. I kind of missed like the on foot exploration mm-hmm. levels, you know. Same which, here. Which Same which here. you. Which was mo- ended up being like more like first person Dark Forces stuff, but I like the third person. I don't know. I like that game, and it, and I liked how there was like the. I'd like to see another Star Wars one that has a good blend of like on foot missions and vehicle missions, like they used to do in the Super Nintendo, which they don't really. You know, I haven't seen one like that in a while. I mean, I guess you could sort of say the Lego games, but it's not quite the same. But yeah, it was a fun game. Played the crap out of it. It was, uh, yeah, it was one of my. I mean, probably out of that. I mean, out of that list, probably the ones I played more than anything was Shadows of the Empire and Mario sixty four. Yep. I mean, even though I did play Pilot Wings a lot, but I didn't play it. I don't think I played it as much because with Shadows of the Empire, after I beat that in Mario sixty four, I kept replaying levels over and over again because just because I liked playing it. So. And I remember Shadows of the Empire had two different endings also. Do you remember that? There's an ending where, like, like if you don't make it out of the ship at the end, there's two different endings. Like yeah, you, you can blow, die. Right? You could you can die, and if you if you don't like make it out of a certain one, and there's one, and depending on what difficulty you're at, it shows there's there's different endings also. Because I think there's one where you don't know if he lives or dies, and then there's one where he you see him later. I think that's the full ending. But yeah, there was code for credits also, which you could do whatever uh, where you just put in the word credits with whatever spaces, and then you'll just see the end of it. That was those were the 64 launch window t- games. I mean, eight games like in like three months pretty good i mean that's we don't get that on wii u really i mean but we get like virtual console and like other you know other stuff like weekly so yeah it's a little bit better but yeah back then those were i i think i owned about half of those like when i was like what did i get i bought but mario 64 pilot week 64 mortal Kombat trilogy killer Instinct gold and shadows so i had i had like five i had five of the eight of them i didn't get uh i guess i didn't get the sports ones you know <laughs> the sporty ones right. but i did but i picked up wave race and cruise in usa later on virtual console on wii which wave race was one that i always kind of wanted but i just never really got the cartridge of it but i did like the game a lot is there anything you feel like we haven't said yet uh, about the 64 launch window games well i will say like i, I don't really know i feel i feel like we Mario's. talked more about shadows of the empire than we did about mario 64 <laughs> you know well i always wanted to play mario 64 but i ended up not really being able to play that game until we got our nintendo 64 which you said you didn't get until like 98 
the 64. Yeah, and uh, luckily when we did get it, at a, we got Mario Kart and Mario 64 with it. So. Oh, okay, because I was going to say, by the way, oh, yeah, yeah, because you, yeah, you, you said, uh, we, we talked about Donkey Kong 64 in the Donkey Kong episode, about how you guys said, oh, well, I guess that wouldn't have been when you got the system, because that was that one was released later, but we talked about how you, like, sat around and then you watched that video and it says, like, hell of a guy and all that. Everybody's like, uh. <laughs> yeah, it's surprising. But, I mean, if you would have got it in, like, 98 or, 90, or you know, th- there would have been more games, you know, by the time then. And hopefully, like, there wasn't too much that overshadowed Mario. I mean, hopefully you still got to spend time with Mario 64. Cause I, I did, and I played through uh, Zelda at my friend's house. So he never got Mario 64. That's why I had played it. Oh, okay. But he didn't care about Mario 64 for whatever. So the only 3D game he had that I cared about shadows so i played a lot of that yeah and, uh, i watched him play a lot of castlevania but it looked like it sucked that i didn't, I didn't really want to <laughs> i liked i like castlevania 64 i know a lot of people don't but i but i rented it and enjoyed it what i played of it i didn't really play the second one but apparently the second one's better it's like kind of the same game but it fixes whatever was wrong with the first one the one with the wolf in it the, the second 64 one i always wanted to play quest 64 because it was the yeah. only Oh, I played, RPG until uh, uh, Paper Mario. I think I still got that game. If you want, <laughs> I don't know. You have Quest. I was like, yeah, I was like so disappointed by Quest because because I was such a huge, you know, I was a huge RPG fan from Super Nintendo because we had all these fucking great Super Nintendo RPGs. And then like '64 comes around, and then pff, all of a sudden nothing. Like everything like dropped, you know, like because they pretty much severed their relationship with Final Fantasy, you know, because Final Fantasy went to discs. They could hold more data. It's easier to make longer games. And that was why Nintendo made the. DD, I guess, was to try to get more, you know, more RPGs on there, or like, you know, kind of win back Square somehow. And uh, you know, Earth, what became Mother Three was, you know, Earthbound sixty four, and all that was on was on DD. But yeah, I, I was like super pumped about Quest. I bought Quest, and it, uh, it's 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 a hard, it's a rough game. <laughs> It's a hard, it's a hard game to play. I mean, I was, I was overly disappointed in it in, in, in the long run. So you I think feel I, like I, it brought RPGs into the sixty-four bit realm. No, well, no. I mean, the what the game that did was Paper Mario. Paper Mario was an excellent game. Speaking of weird, I mean, this isn't launch windows, but we could talk. Uh, did you ever play Hybrid Heaven? Did you ever play that game? That was a that was a weird RPG for sixty four. No, I didn't. Where it had like sort of turn based battles, and you would use like wrestling moves on people. It's a weird game, but I think I still have that game too. But that was like a huge one for me because that was like you know RPGs. Well, I guess you know there was a couple like uh, Legend of Mystical Ninja that was like basically Zelda before Zelda. I had a lot of fun with that game. You know, that's a game I'd like to play through again. Actually, it's a little I, Legend, oh Legend, Legend of Mystical Ninja on sixty four. Go on, yeah, one. yeah. Do an episode about that. Cause yeah, I like I, the, cause, cause I played the shit out of that game in high school and like loved it so much. And I'd like to play it now and just see if it's any good still. But I, I remember watching Mark played it a lot at college. Well, we, well, we played two. We played the, we oh, played okay. the 2D one cause it was co-op, but I don't know if he played the first one or not, but I remember playing two with him cause you could, cause it was like more like the, more like the Super Nintendo one and there's co-op in it. But yeah, I have, I think I have, I think I still have my Quest 64 unless, unless I've like burned it or left it at my mom's house or whatever because it wasn't very good. <laughs> but that'd be an interesting one to try again i guess and see if i can find some enjoyment out of it but i mean it wasn't you know it wasn't anything near any of the super nintendo stuff like so it was kind of hard to it's kind of hard for me to like did you watch that video i sent you i know it got mentioned on 
the Facebook group in BC. Oh, but, yeah, the, that there's an American 64DD. Yeah, man. That's kind yeah, of mind-blowing. Yeah, I didn't realize about that until later. Like, I didn't realize what it was. I thought it was just a video of somebody talking about DD. But, yeah, then I found out later that it was an American well, one, which, which is that's awesome. That's a guy. Uh, his name's Metal Jesus Rocks. So he's got, like, YouTube channel. He's based out of Seattle. You know, some people love him. Some people don't like him that much. Like, it's just a dude talking to the camera, you know, whatever. But uh, he's got, like, connections because, you know, he's in Seattle and, He's been collecting games for a long time, so he got a hold of this, uh, yeah, a, a prototype retail release of the North American 6040, and uh, it's for real, like, he ended up contacting, this is why I say I think he's well-connected, because he ended up contacting an engineer. I wish I'd written down the name of this engineer, but it was a guy, you know, that worked for Nintendo that was one of their engineers, worked on this device, and uh, he, the guy confirmed that it was, you know, a real, a legit, like, pre-release retail version. Yeah, I was and, one, yeah, they were wondering like where it came from or if like Nintendo would like try to retake it or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and then it had a disc with it, but you can't boot up the disc. You can't do anything with it. You can't play it. So oh, there's yeah. no way to tell what's on the disc because it's a proprietary oh. disc-based thing. So. Wow, um, that's crazy though. Yeah. But the fact that it showed up in the first place, it's very similar to the PlayStation Nintendo thing in a sense like you can't really do anything with it, but you know it exists because someone's proven. Yeah. They were well, yeah, to yeah. It's like possibly the, release it. Yeah, like Retail. the like the Nintendo PlayStation. Like I didn't know that actually exists, but yeah, you just said that. But yeah, there actually is one. It's crazy. Yeah, I'd like to see it. I mean, it's it's too bad it doesn't run or the disc doesn't load, but it's crazy. Well, but if you watch the video, you know you see the the splash screen or whatever you want to call it, and it's just Mario running around doing different things. Like there's there's something happening. You can at least watch that. It's just Mario running around hiding behind. Well, that's cool. So it works in that sense, but yeah, he, he can't get a disc to boot up on it. The one disc he had. Oh, well. And it requires some kind of dev cart. It's like it looks like an N64 game, but it's like three times as tall. Oh yeah. yeah. You, should watch, you should watch the video. It's, it, it's, oh, the, uh, the it's wide, yeah, the wide one or whatever. I, I remember seeing some of those. There was a Game Boy thing like that too, where you could play Game Boy Advances on it. And I think it was only it was only for video capturing, but those yeah. exist. So there is like sort of a Super Game Boy for that. I don't know. It'd be cool to try to find stuff like that. I'm sure it's like would be super super expensive, but it's nice to get like stuff that was only that was only allowed to go to like you know rental like places who were viewing it or whatever. It'd be cool to be able to get like you know stuff that's like secretive or whatever, like that type of thing that's not actually supposed to exist. Well, I think he'd be cool to look he, into. Like I said. I think he's well connected. Plus, he's in Seattle, which is obviously where NOA is based out of. So yeah, totally. He's, yeah, real lucky. He got real lucky, and uh, man, that'd be amazing to own something. Yeah, if he's listening to us, uh, send it to us so we can try it out. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but you never know. Anyway, I think that'll do it for this episode, right? I think uh, I think we covered enough on the launch window games for Nintendo sixty four for the 20th anniversary yeah. happy 20th birthday happy 20th birthday this has been our episode 33 we're your hosts trey johnson and jeremy mikowski you can find us on nintendo underscore domain a twitter that's my twitter account you can find you can find us on there we have a facebook page for nintendo main uh, nintendo main podcast.com we have a web, we have a website also you can download us from whatever podcast thing you use you should be able to find nintendo main um i also have another show called the honey darling show which is uh which you can look up on any other podcast thing listen to that as well and yeah and leave us a review if you can we do we need reviews and subscribe we need downloaders also <laughs> yeah subscribe to us on one of those podcasts we do it for you if we you actually would you can even tell us your podcast and we'll listen to it totally. and we'll, we'll listen to it yeah anyway so we will see you next time see ya
Thank you so much for playing my game.